0: Who's got their Bibles? Matthew 22, verse 37. Let's turn there now. Let's just get right into it, hey? Is that all right? Good. My name's Luke, if you don't know me. My beautiful wife is down here. We have six weeks until... Stand up. Stand up show on your belly. Come on. Check this out. We have a little Bubba in there. We've got six weeks to go. Pretty pumped. Matthew 22. The um, title of my message is Play Doh Heart Self Discovery of the Heart Within. So, hopefully, by the end of tonight, you'll have a renewed heart. Is that all right? Cool. Matthew 22, verse 37, says this. Are you ready? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets Hang on these two commandments. Pretty powerful. It's probably one of my favourite scriptures in the Bible. It's just right out there. Everything hangs off these two commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. And love your neighbours as yourself. It says all oh, the law and the prophets hang off hang off these two commands. So, who is he talking to? He's talking to you know the pharisees and all those all these all those people in the church of his time and that's all they knew they knew the law and they knew the prophets and they said to him what what is the greatest commandment and that was his answer just love god and love people so clear so easy so the law was a precursor to Jesus right and so were the prophets so Everything that they knew was leading up to Jesus, was leading up to it, was leading up to it. And everything, all of that, hangs off these two verses. Everything that Jesus came to do was to fulfill what the law and what the prophets said. And that was, that all hangs off these two commandments. Love the Lord your God and love people. I love that. It's so clear. The Message Bible calls says they're like pegs. All the law and the prophet hang from those. Now, what, what, do you, what happens when I do the washing at home? When I do the washing, I don't put pegs up, of course. It's just, it just takes way too much time. It's annoying. It's not going to get windy. Not on the coast. Yeah, right. But what happens when I do the washing is we go and pick it all up off the ground and put it back in the, dish, in the washer. A rewash. All of those all that stuff cannot do it. If you love the Lord your God with all your heart and love people, they hold all those on there. So that's the precursor. Now I've got some props. So I wanna I wanna talk about the heart, obviously. So I've got a couple of um a couple of hearts here. They're not really. They're um, avatar hearts, if, if you will. They're blue. Avatars are blue, right? Good. So, I've got some hearts here. Now, we might just hand out... Everyone, I've got a few hearts, and I'm sorry if I don't have enough. I, want, I'll, I have a couple of trays of hearts, so everyone gets their own heart. Is that okay? Now I need to, I need to um, preempt this and say, if you get this in the carpet, you clean it out yourself. If you leave it on the ground and someone stands in it, you clean it up yourself. Try not to get this play-doh everywhere. I've been told that if there's any on the ground, I have to clean it up myself. They, they smell. I'm sorry, they stink. You might get a hint of vanilla or you might get a hint of vinegar, or you might get a hint of coffee, or we just chucked a whole bunch of different ingredients in there. I am sorry. So hold on to your heart. You can play with it. Don't let it distract you, because I'm way more important than your play doh heart. And don't throw them at me. So I'm, I hopefully we'll have enough for everyone. We made 84. So, hopefully. But anyway, so I've got two hearts here. I'll take this with me. We've got two conditions of hearts here. This one, um, that one's a bit hard. And this one, hopefully, has been in the fridge in the right environment, if you know what I mean. So, I've got two hearts here i i've told this story before, but I, I want to tell it again I, we we're coming home from um president's conference on the train one time me and a few mates and um there was a guy on the train who clearly had a hard heart, you know the type so he was on the phone abusing someone for something that had happened and um and we caught caught a ear of it because he was yelling pretty much, so you know you can hear everything on on those trains um, and he He was saying, you know, my my boss, he he wouldn't let me work today. So um, because he wouldn't let me work, I was five minutes late. um, But the, you know, insert expletive here, um, wouldn't let me work. So now I've just got to come home. And because I didn't work this shift, I don't have enough money for a a train ticket and and all that kind of thing. And and we are like, that's rubbish. That's absolute rubbish. And um, and we we all sat there listening and it's very easy to get really annoyed on those trains, right? It's very easy to just go, just shut up. I'm trying to travel. Here I am going home and you're annoying me. Really easy to do that because people are pretty annoying sometimes. Let's be honest. But, we thought, nah, that's, no, that's not good enough. So we, we put our, all our monies together and came up with $45. We had $45 and we thought, we just want to bless this guy. So I did the um, old, you know, get up and walk over and walk past him kind of deal. And then walk back. And all my friends are sitting there going, just do it, just do it. So I sat down next to him and he was looking at me all weird and I said, "Hey, dude, um, I just overheard your conversation saying that you know, you, you know, didn't get to work today and you're a bit low on cash." I said, "We don't really have much, but here's 45 bucks." And he's like, "No, man, I can't do it. I can't take it. Eh, no, man, nah." And um, I'm not having a stab at his ethnicity either. There, by the way. Sorry, no, I wasn't. Um, and I, I said, "No," and no, I no, looked seriously. I so said, "We're Christians. We do this all the time." You know, and he was like, okay, that's a bit weird. I said, look, just take it. And he was like, my train ticket that I need to buy for next week is $44. So this money will cover my my train ticket and I'll be able to keep my job. And I'm like, isn't that nice that we cared enough to give him 45 bucks?" right? I, only five of that was mine, so I was happy to give it away. No, that's not true. But, you know, so here's a perfect example of a, of a hard heart, his heart, and, and us coming to him out of compassion and out of love for him, right? So we, in that meeting with that guy, we may or may not have just taken a bit of his hard heart away. Maybe. I don't know. I never saw him again. He lived in your minor. Again, no stabs. I'm not. No, I'm not. That's pure coincidence. So, so here, here we have a pre-believer, a hard heart. And, and through meeting with a soft heart, he, he, he became soft, maybe just a little bit. But, you know, people don't just happen upon a hard heart. They've had experiences. They've had experiences that really are not pleasant. So, without, you know, knowing this guy, I can't, I can't judge him. I can't say, oh, he's just a hard guy. What, a, what an idiot, you know. Look at him just abusing his girlfriend, I assume, on the phone. And, you know, he's just he's just a hard man. I just don't like him. You know, who, who am I to judge? I don't know what his experiences were. But, you know, we we are called to, to love God and to love other people. So, if we're to do that, then we need to be finding people. Or, you know, just day by day, we experience hard people. I work with one of the hardest people I know, right? But I can't, I don't know what her experiences are. So, I can't judge her But for that there, there's another heart here that I didn't make, because I ran out of ingredients, um, and this heart is a is a heart similar to this one, but it's not wrapped in Glad wrap, and it's been in the fridge for a few weeks, and um, and it's rock hard as well, and I guess if you look at the the fridge as as church, sometimes there's people in church who are hard as well, right? You know, we're not just talking about all pre-believers and as soon as you're saved, you're, you're nice and soft like this, right? Sometimes there's hard people in church as well. And, um, and that's when the glad rap comes in. So the glad, glad rap is the Spirit of God, right? The glad rap is what keeps us fresh. Jesus keeps us fresh. He keeps us soft. So you can be in the fridge, uncovered, and you can still get a bit hard sometimes. I've been there. I've been in church my whole life. I know what it's like sometimes. It gets pretty hard. But God is what you need to wrap you up, like glad wrap, to keep you soft. So who's enjoying the glad wrap? Well, what is it? Play-Doh. Good. No one's distracted. So this is what a soft heart. And, you know, underneath these layers of hard, there's soft underneath. Look at that. That is way better than I did, than I planned. But underneath there's soft and and God wants to get on the inside of hard hearts like that and he wants to, you know, make them softer. He wants to just, Work with it and just work with it until it's a soft soft heart like this one so next time you see Plato think of how soft your heart needs to be next time you see hard Plato think of how you don't want to be a hard-hearted person so how does that work how does that what does that look like we as we as Christians are called to to be to encounter with hard hearts and, and make them soft through the love of Jesus. When you mix hard Play-Doh and soft Play-Doh, soft Play-Doh wins. It just wins every time. So, we don't want to be a church of stale hearts, do we? We want to be a church where people come in and, and experience the love of God and, and experience soft-hearted people that we're called to be. Now, I know that when you have a soft heart, sometimes people can stick things in it, right? People can sometimes hurt us when you have a soft heart. That's why sometimes we make our hearts a bit hard. But I encourage you to to go back to the cling wrap, go back to God and, and, and just soak in that for a while so you can get a soft heart again. See, this analogy just works, doesn't it? Yeah, good. Is everyone not happy with the smell of their Play-Doh? It's so bad. So, so, Ezekiel 36 verse 26 says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. So, that's in Ezekiel, he's talking to, the, to Israel, he's talking about the restoration of Israel. He's talking, that's us, we are, we are that restoration. We need to have God replace our hearts with flesh hearts and allow him to move us. So there are two things I want to pull out, flesh heart and move us. Don't you think God would want to you know, take out our heart of stone and, and replace it with his heart? Wouldn't that make more sense? Or do you think maybe he created us to love people and he created us to have a a soft heart for other people? I think maybe that's more what he's talking about. He says, clearly, he says, I'll give you a flesh heart. And he wants to move us, not move in us. He does that as well. But there's ownership on this as well. We have a bit of ownership here. We have to have a soft heart and we have to move in compassion, in love. It's not just, you know, I'm going to let Jesus do this one. We need to do that. That's a pretty high call. A really high call. But once you get that, it's it's pretty good. So, God is all powerful, but he tells his people that he will move them. So we we as a church need to grab a hold of that. We are the ones to love. We are Jesus to others. We are his hands and feet in everything we do. To love, we need to keep our hearts soft. To love God, we need to keep our hearts soft. You don't want to go start playing the blame game with God and getting a hard heart towards God. He's, yeah, you don't want to do that. That's a recipe for disaster. Another verse... Um, Is Proverbs 27, 19. And it says, As water reflects the face, so one's life reflects the heart. So we need to have our hearts in the right place because people can see it. People can see when you've got your heart in the wrong place. If your heart is soft, you act from compassion and love. You don't, you know, look at someone and, and act out of a hard heart. We all know it. We've all seen it. When when you come across someone who's got a hard heart, you know, they see something and they're off the off the Richter scale. They're you know blowing up about something that's minor, or you know they've got a friend that did something and they're just being a bit silly about it. So don't be that person. Romans two twenty eight. I'm sorry to talk about this, but that's all right. Romans 2.28 A person is not a Jew who is one only outwardly nor is circumcision merely outward and physical. No, a person is a Jew who is one inwardly. And circumcision is circumcision of the heart by the spirit not by the written code. Such a person's praise is not from other people but from God. So what was circumcision back back in the day for the Jews? Circumcision was what marked them apart what set them apart as God's people. So if if that's what sets them apart, he's saying here, circumcision of the heart. So, we're got to have our hearts in the right place to be set apart as, as, as his people. If people are going to recognize that you're a Christian, you've got to have your heart there. You know, it's not, people don't just look at you. Um, anyway, we won't go there. You know, if, how, how else are people going to recognize that you're a Christian? How else are they going to go, oh, you know, that guy, trust him? It's, um, yeah, that's fine. We'll leave it there. So our heart bears the mark of God. Our heart for people bears the mark of God. Not them other bits. So how do we keep our hearts soft? You know, coming to church, great. Perfect. Getting amongst other Christians, perfect. Psalm 51 verse 17 says, "My My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart you, God, will not despise. We need to offer to God our broken and contrite hearts. When God sees the hard layers peeling off us, he's got something to work with. We need to come to God broken for people, for our community. Broken to see people come to Christ. We need to come with a repentant heart as well. I think that's part of what this broken heart is talking about. It's talking about being repentant before him. But knowing, as Garth said this morning, knowing that we are forgiven and knowing that we have the, the grace that God pours out for us. We need to know that. But, you know, there also comes a point when you have to come to God repentant for, for the stuff that, you know, is not right. And then we just snap back up and we're standing with our soft hearts. So, we might be broken for other people. I know sometimes I, I get a burden for someone and, and I just can't stop thinking about them. I can't stop praying for them because, because I'm broken for them. I'm almost standing in the gap broken that their life is not going the way it should. And, and God sees that. And God sees that heart and He knows that He can use it. Acts 15.9 also says, He, God in brackets, did not discriminate between us and them, for he purified their hearts by faith. We've got to come to God with faith. We've got to come to God knowing who we are in him, knowing that we are sons and daughters. When we come to him like that, God will purify our hearts through that. Because if we have faith that Jesus conquered death for us, we have a heart that knows that God can conquer death for someone else. That God can conquer that disease or conquer that problem. We need to have faith that God has us, has his hand on us, and it has accepted us. When you're accepted into the body of Christ, I'll tell you what, when you know you are, that's a powerful thing. And he'll purify your heart through that as well. And we need to have faith that we are the hands and feet of Jesus on this earth. We need to have faith for that because then we can step out. We can step out in faith for things, knowing that Jesus' hand will move. A friend of mine, we um, were at a conference and he was jumping around, broke his ankle on the spot. Just was standing there and you could see the bone poking that way in a way it shouldn't. He couldn't stand on it, couldn't walk on it and and me knowing Not me, but, you know, we knew that God gave us his power. And we knew that we were his hands and feet on this earth. And we said, well, we're going to pray for it. We're going to pray for that ankle. And we're going to see it get healed. And so we started praying and praying and praying and praying. And by the end of it, he was running up and down. Running up and down. And I could see the bone. I'm not joking. I could see bone. It wasn't pretty, but we prayed for it. We knew we had faith that we were the hands and feet of Jesus, and in that power, that's how we could could move and and see him healed. So, you know, we've got. I know, I know that I'm not here yet, right? No one, no one will ever get to this. This is a lifelong journey to, to get a heart like this because. You know, one day you might leave it out of the fridge and and it gets a bit hard, so you've got to give it a bit of rolling pin or, you know, give it a bit of massaging or kneading with a K. Um, and, you know, we, sometimes we forget to put the Glad Wrap on in the fridge and so we all start to get, you know, this bit over here might be a bit crusty and so we need to just, you know, God needs to work that back into us. But, you know, we're all on this journey. Don't think that you've made it. You'll never make it. Sorry, you'll never make it. But I tell you what, God wants to take you on that journey. He wants to take you on that journey where he's purifying your heart so that you can see your community saved, so you can see your friends saved, so you can see... People healed. So, who's already got a crusty heart in their hand? No one. It hasn't gone crusty yet. That's good. So remember, don't, don't put it on the ground. Put it in the bin if you don't want it. But anyway, that's all right. I'm finished. So let's all stand. We're going to pray. I want to give you an opportunity to to come and let God take some hard parts off your heart. We're going to sing again. But, you know, I just, I really want to, you know, I could, I should be down here as well. I want to give you the opportunity to come forward and just give your heart to God again. And give your heart to to Jesus, the, the perfecter of of all things, to renew your heart. So, God, we want to come before you and and thank you that you love us and thank you that in everything you've still got your hand on us. Jesus, we, we want to be your hands and feet on this earth. We want to see your Your kingdom grow here on earth, Lord. We want to see people enter into relationship with you. God, we love you. We love your people. But God, we just repent of of having hard hearts sometimes towards people. God come and give us soft hearts again God for that person that I was not nice to I'm sorry God I want to I want to love them better My family Lord I want to love them better I want to love you better, Lord. Just spend some time just, just with God right now. Spend some time with Him. Just peeling away some hard parts of your heart. And allowing Him to get in there and, and need your heart.